You are listening to episode number eight of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. Hey there. One of the topics I get asked the most questions about in my DMs and my email inbox is how on earth to do all the things you want to do as secondary science teachers when balancing multiple preps. So this month will be entirely dedicated to just that, to serving you with simple strategies for balancing all of the preps. In this episode specifically, we are going to talk about where you need to focus your energy, particularly if you have three or more preps this school year. So without further ado, let's dive in. This is Secondary Science Simplified, a podcast for secondary science teachers who want to engage their students and simplify their lives. I'm Rebecca Joyner from It's Not Rocket Science. As a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer, I'm passionate about helping other science teachers love their jobs, serve their students, and do it all in only 40 hours a week. Are you ready to rock the time you spend in your classroom and actually have a life outside of it? You're in the right place, teacher friend. Let's get to today's episode. Now, before we get started, I wanted to let you, my beloved podcast listeners, know about some free resources I just made for my email list. I created four high school science activities specifically themed for Valentine's Day coming up, and they are free to anyone on my email list. This type of thing was something I always wanted to do when I was in the classroom, but again, when you're balancing three or more preps, you probably don't have the time to make all sorts of fun holiday or seasonal activities. So I've got you. If you want to snag them for yourself, all you have to do is head to bit.ly slash I-N-R-S-V-Day or just click the link in my show notes to join my email list. You will receive an email immediately with the download link. So be sure to check your junk folder if you don't see it right away in your inbox. Another thing, if you have a .edu email address for school, I recommend using your personal email rather than your school email, only because some schools have such strict security and filters that my emails won't even make it to your junk box, let alone your inbox. So again, if you don't see it right away, then try a different email, check your junk box to make sure you get it. Because I love these activities and I had so much fun writing them. I wrote one specifically for biology classes, one for anatomy, one for physics or a physical science class that's in the physics portion, and one for chemistry or a physical science class that's doing the chemistry portion of physical science. And I really think your students will love them too. So don't miss out. Okay, now for the reason we are all here. Let's talk about the most common topic I always hear about in my messages and conversations with you all, which is how to balance multiple preps. And by multiple preps, I'm really speaking to those of you teaching three or more. I have been in your shoes doing this, and I know how absolutely draining and overwhelming it can be. So maybe you're in a position where you, like me, are teaching in a small private school, and you're the only one teaching all of the courses you teach. I have been there. Or maybe You are at a large public school and your admin cares zero about your mental stability and has just given you all of the courses that either one, no one else wants to teach, or two, they say you will be the best at teaching. Because let's be real, you are the best. 
But I always love that because it's like kind of a backhanded compliment. It's like, you're so good at what you're doing. So I'm going to give you the hardest course load because you can handle it and no one else can. And so while you're hearing the feedback and you're like, oh, this, I am so great. You're like, wait a minute. I feel like I'm kind of getting punished because I'm so great. But regardless of how you got to this point, the question is, how are you going to manage all that's on your plate? And again, unfortunately, I get it. My sixth year in the classroom, I had five preps to manage. And one of those was AP Biology, and it was my first year teaching it. Now, I know right off the bat, some of you are tuning me out because you have more than five, which is insane. But I want to let you know, I hear you. And so I made sure this month I'm bringing on a guest at the end of the month, and she has had seven preps at once. And then she's also been given so many different courses each year that she has taught an insane number of preps over her short teaching career because she came to teaching as a second career. So stay tuned. You are going to get more advice from her later in the month and you're going to love her episode. So all this to say, I get it and I'm here to help you this month. Now, my main takeaway from the year when I had all of these preps plus a host of other extracurricular responsibilities is that you must be strategic. You are only one person. You only have so much time. And that's 24 hours to be exact. And you only have so much energy. And your energy level is gonna vary. It's gonna vary from teacher to teacher and season to season. And I just wanna make sure that you appreciate that too. Maybe the season you're in right now is exceptionally difficult in your personal life or your home life. And then that's going to make you have less energy for your work life. And that's okay to recognize. We just need to be strategic with how then we are going to steward that time and that energy, no matter how much it is or isn't. Because I can tell you one thing for sure. The solution here is not to start working 60 or 70 hours a week. Instead, over this month, I will be sharing critical strategies and solutions for balancing all of these preps that were absolutely life-changing for me. And like I said, the first is being strategic with where you focus your energy. Because here's the deal. Not all preps are created equal. If you're expected to teach three or more preps, you have to be strategic about selecting just one prep to really focus your energy on. I know, I know. The driven, perfectionist, altruistic nature that lives in most teachers is absolutely screaming at me right now because you want to do all the things, you want to do them all perfectly, and you're doing it all with the goal of serving your students. Like you have become a martyr to the cause of serving your students over yourself. But hear me out. This isn't forever. Everything is a season. And if you want to not only survive, but thrive in this particular season you are in, you need to focus on just one of your preps to really give your typical A plus effort to. B effort is going to be good enough for all of the rest of the preps that you have. You need to accept that this is not going to be the school year to try all of the new things. Just be strategic in picking one prep to focus your creative energy on. And then I want you to do the best that you can to set all of your other preps on cruise control. Now, how to pick which prep to primarily focus your energy and efforts on. I think the easiest way to make this decision is to say, okay, if you teach an AP course, that's going to be your primary focus. Or if you are teaching a course for the first time. 
Another factor you might consider is what's the course you're most excited about? Maybe you have been waiting to teach anatomy for the last four years and you finally got it. This might be the course that you're going to focus most of your energy on. Or the course you have a standardized state EOC examine. That would be a great course to make your primary focus. No matter your reason, all of these are great reasons to choose the one course you want to be strategically focused on. Now, you might be thinking, but Rebecca, what if I teach AP Biology, so I really want to focus on that, and I teach the State EOC Biology 1 course, so I need to focus on that, and I'm teaching Chemistry for the first time, so I want to focus on that, and I have this elective I've been waiting forever to teach Forensics, so I want to focus on that, and I know, I know, I have been there, I'm telling you. Like I said, the first year I had five preps, I had AP Biology as one of those, and it was my first time teaching it. And I was teaching biology one, which was the state EOC, as another of the five preps. So I get it. How are you possibly to decide? Here is what I took into consideration and what I would urge you to take into consideration. The classes that you have the most experience in are the easiest to put on autopilot. So by year six, I had been teaching biology one for six years. And yes, while it was a state EOC course, I had the most experience teaching it. My undergraduate degree, one of them was in biology. That was an easy course to kind of put on autopilot. Another thing to consider, the classes another teacher may teach also, because these classes allow for collaboration and sharing lesson plans, which will help lighten your load. So my first year teaching, I had three preps, and one of those was physical science. My first year, I decided to really focus on biology one, because again, first year teaching, state EOC course, very high stakes. I really needed to focus on that. And then physical science was another one of my preps, but another teacher taught it. And I just decided I'm just going to defer to her for everything she recommends for this course, because she has taught this course for like eight years. And there were a lot of things I was getting from her and using from her that were not my style, that were not my cup of tea. I'll never forget all of her PowerPoints were fully animated and they all had sound effects and like each bullet point would like swivel in and then explode in a firework before it showed up. Like it just was not my style. It was very flashy and amazing, but it was just not my style. But I just accepted it that first year because again, I was strategic with putting my focus on biology one. So consider kind of one of the classes you might let go a little bit being a class that you're co-teaching with alongside another teacher potentially. And then another thing to consider would be classes you have access to curriculum for. This means you have something to work off of and you aren't having to start from scratch. So for example, if you're teaching a marine biology elective You may have been given a textbook and a textbook curriculum for teaching marine biology. Now, most of us have used a textbook curriculum at one point in our past, and they are not necessarily the greatest, but at least it is something to work off of as opposed to maybe another course on your prep load that you have no curriculum and no resources for. So again, I know this is a tough decision to make, but I promise you it will make your life so much easier if you just decide right now, what's the one class I'm gonna focus the majority of my energy on? And then I'm just gonna kind of hold all the other ones which with much more open hands. Because guess what? If you end up with five preps again next year, you can choose a different prep to focus on and kind of be your number one focus. 
your students and your other classes will survive. I promise you, your B effort and your C effort in those classes is still plenty good enough to positively impact students. Now, if you have multiple preps for courses that feel high stakes, so for example, you teach more than one AP course, God bless you, those of you teaching AP Chem and AP Bio or and AP Environmental, or maybe you teach an AP course and an EOC course, etc., then you need to ask your admin for help. I know this is hard, but hear me out. You cannot possibly be expected to do all of this alone. You must be willing to ask for help and especially help from your admin. Because if your admin are the people expecting you to balance three or more preps with multiple of those preps being high stakes courses, then they need to be supporting you in that. And they should want to because most admin care about the numbers. They care about those high stakes courses. They want the data of high graduation rates and high student to pass rate ratios on AP exams and high average EOC scores. The courses you teach are priorities to them if they're high stakes courses. Now, I'm sorry for those of you listening who teach five elective sciences, although that kind of sounds really fun because I hope you have a lot of freedom in what you get to do with your students. Most likely, you're not going to get as much support because again, if you're teaching elective sciences, those are ones that admin really just kind of see as fun courses, but hopefully Because they're electives, you have a lot of flexibility, which means you can have a ton of grace with yourself and the pace that you're going through the content with students and all of that. So hopefully you can kind of let the reins go a little bit there. Now, I know this is scary for me to push you to be asking admin for stuff. I don't think I even talked to an administrator of my own accord my first two years teaching, but I'm not going to leave you in the trenches, I promise. So what do we do? What do we even ask for? The most obvious and arguably potentially the most helpful thing to ask your admin for is curriculum and curriculum you specifically want. This way you can be done entirely with lesson planning for at least one of your preps. I can't tell you what a relief of burden it is to be like, I do not have to write one lesson plan for biology because I have done this X amount of times. I have this curriculum and I know what to do day one, day two, day three, et cetera. So asking for a curriculum is a game changer. So my best tips for doing that, when you're asking, ask early, often, and in person. Admin, their inboxes are blown up just as much, if not probably more, than each of ours are as teachers. And so I really think going and asking face-to-face makes a really big difference. Also, the earlier you ask, the more time they have to consider your request and make the possibility. And also ask often. I think sometimes we mention something once, it kind of gets brushed off and then we don't ever mention it again. And they may not know how much we really are serious about needing that help. So continue to ask often. And when you ask, highlight the benefits and not just the features of whatever curriculum it is that you want. Show them how your students will benefit from the resources in the curriculum and how you personally will. So for example, instead of listing the features like, it has, it's aligned to NGSS. It has all of the labs for the year. It has tests and answer keys. Tell them the benefits of it. So this curriculum allows me to do inquiry-based teaching with the students, allow them to explore 
and engage with the content for themselves before I explain it to them. And that's going to help them retain the content better and thus do better at the end of the year on the EOC or whatever your explanation may be. Another thing I recommend is giving them something physical to refer back to later. And that's another reason why I love meeting with them in person. So print off you know, a list of the benefits or print off an overview that you can hand them and they can put on their desk. And that'll be a visual reminder to them as well of the request you've made. And then again, emphasize the long-term investment that curriculum makes in you as the educator. I think this is so important. Retaining teachers is getting harder and harder year after year. And so this is something your admin should hopefully care about doing. And if they purchase curriculum for you, they're making a long-term investment in you as a teacher by giving you a gift that you can use year after year in your classroom. Now, if you're confident, they will say no. I want you to ask anyway, because what's the worst case scenario? They say no. That's it. Now, best case scenario is they say yes, or they can offer you something else that could still be helpful. Now, I have to say, let's say they keep saying they just don't have the money. They're saying no because they don't have the money, which let's be real, that's never fully true because basically they just don't want to move the money they do have around to get you what you need, but I digress. There are other ways that your admin can support you that are totally free to them. So if they say no to giving you curriculum, great. Follow up and ask for one of these other things. One of the ways they can support you is they can take away one of your preps. So if they've given you six preps, that's a lot. You can ask them to take one away. Again, this is only possible though at certain times, like the school year can have probably already started because they wouldn't be able to rearrange your schedule. And that's why I emphasize asking early. I was slotted in April to add AP biology to my course load for that coming August. And that would have been my sixth prep. So I told them, I said, hey, I cannot take on AP biology unless you take away one of my other preps. And so I got one of my preps of eighth grade physical science taken away. They took away the honors physical science, but I still taught general. But still, that was still helpful. Okay, another thing you can ask for. You can ask that they give you an extra planning period. Again, you'd have to ask early for this because of scheduling and all of that, but imagine how much of a game changer that would be if you had two planning periods. Personally, for me, I would rather have a larger class size like a biology class of 32 and then get an extra planning period, then have two sections of 16. But again, that's just me. And I know that's not always a possibility based on scheduling conflicts and all that. But you know what? It's still worth asking. A third way they can support you is they could take away an extra duty from you. If you have three or more preps and there are a lot of high stakes courses you're teaching, Why are you doing lunch duty and hall duty and bus duty and detention monitoring or whatever it is? Taking away even a simple extra task like that can really add up in the time you have to have more energy and capacity to manage all that you have on your plate. And then my favorite thing to ask for, because it is so free and it's so easy for admin to give this to you, is for them to give you a TA or a teacher's aid. Again, this is totally free for them to do. And I really think it should be a requirement that every secondary science teacher who has three or more preps gets a TA. It's a game changer. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, a TA or a teacher's aide or teacher's assistant is just a student at your school that applies or gets assigned a class period in their day where they are your assistant. So instead of having like a study hall where they're sitting in the library and 
doing homework or sitting on their phone or watching YouTube videos or TikTok, they would be assigned to be in your classroom. And in my experience, this is typically a zero credit elective. Like they're not gonna get any credit hours towards graduations for this, but it would be like them having a study hall because if they finish their task for you early, they can study on or work on assignments for another class. But there's a benefit to it too because students can put it on their resume as volunteer hours or they can put it on as like, hey, I had this kind of teaching shadowing experience as a TA for this teacher. So there are ways that it also benefits a student and why a student would want to have this on their schedule. And these could be really any students, but I, in my experience, it's best when it's students that have an interest in becoming a teacher one day. So they wanna see what it's like behind the scenes. And or it could be an AP student that wants a break in their schedule because they're taking, you know, you know, those students that have like four AP classes. It's insane. But they still have to be there all day. Potentially, they want to kind of a period that feels like a break. A TA period is great for them. Either way, whoever the student may be, you're going to get them once a day and they can help you with anything and everything that you give them to do. So some of the tasks I reserved for my TA included making copies of my student packets, which packets are an organizational tool I use for my resources, which basically include everything we use the entire unit except for tests. So I never made copies of those. Setting up labs, cleaning up labs, updating my class website. I used my class website as a place where I posted every day our agenda for the day so that parents and absent students would know what we were doing. And that was something that like I literally copied from my whiteboard onto my class website. My TA could do that. If you had a student that's gifted in your science or your subject that you're teaching, they could test out labs and activities. So if you find something, say, hey, test this out. Of course, if there's not gonna be like safety concerns with it, just to see if it'll work for me before I do it with my other students. Also, they can help provide support for students during class. So let's say you have a TA during your physical science course. If that TA is strong in that subject material, like, cause our TAs were always upperclassmen. So they would have definitely been strong in algebra. They would have taken physical science years before. They can kind of walk around and help students that are struggling with the content. That is such a game changer. My favorite is the year I had an old AP bio student in a biology one class with me. It was so helpful to have them there. Now, If you don't have a formal TA program at your school, I recommend reaching out to your admin and or your school counseling department to see if that's something that can get started for next school year. And if not, if they're like, hey, we are not putting this into play, despite all those benefits I just listed, see if you can find a student you've had before who's maybe looking for volunteer hours or wants to become a teacher and just say, hey, Casey, would you be willing to stay after school one, maybe two days a week, or they can come early in the morning, whatever works best for you and them. And just ask them if they'd be willing to come help. You can keep track of their hours that they do for you as volunteers, and those can be used for community service. They can put them on their resume. And I think there's so many clubs and organizations that our students are in, like National Honor Society, that require community service hours. And this is a great opportunity for students to give back within their own school. And it helps you so much just to have that extra set of hands. It also is a great way for the student to form a really close relationship with the teacher. 
every TA I've ever had, I have written a letter of recommendation for them for a job or for a college applications. And it was so easy to do because I got to know them really, really well. So there's benefits for you as a teacher and for them as the student. And again, this is something your admin can gift to you and support you with as you balance all these preps, and it's totally free for them to do. So let's recap a little bit here because I know that was a lot, but I just get so passionate about talking about this. Balancing multiple preps requires you to be strategic. If not, you are going to feel like every day you're winging it and most likely drowning because of winging it. So start by making a strategic decision about where you are going to focus your energy. What one prep on your course load will be your main focus and how can you start now being okay with B or C level work and effort for your other preps? And if you need more ideas, don't worry. That's what I'm here to help you with the rest of this month. So be on the lookout for the episodes coming over the next few weeks. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to follow so you never miss an episode. Leave us a review and tell all your science teacher friends so they can listen along too. And as I mentioned at the start of the episode, don't forget about the four fun, free high school science activities that you can use for Valentine's Day coming up. You can grab these at bit.ly slash I-N-R-S-V day or by clicking the link in the show notes. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend.